Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Go to L.A. You seem very happy about I'm excited. this. I, look, I'm excited for him because I think it's a great move for him. And, uh, I, you know. Got to live in L.A. And? He's going to make a lot of money. You think? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm happy for him because, it, you know, he it played sounded. There. He played it, for the Chargers. Anyway. It, it sounded to me, you know, like the school just didn't want to have his back on some of the really? stuff that's coming. You think so? That the school. Uh, no, it wasn't the, the, the football program, obviously. It wasn't his players. It wasn't the people that he trusted. It just felt like. Remember the story a couple weeks ago about um, Harbaugh and, you know, he wanted a clause that if he got in trouble with the NCAA that he couldn't be fired and there wouldn't be any issues and. I mean, it just smells like there's a that when the NCAA stuff and all that stuff just kind of finally all works itself out, that there could be a show cause or who knows what's going to happen down the road or what's what else could be coming. You know, you just you never know. And if you're Harbaugh, you know, you were horrible against Ohio State in the beginning. You dropped your first five and now you're on a roll. And why wouldn't you want to leave when you're on top? You just won a national championship Um, that hasn't, you know, the leaving um, after a national championship just doesn't happen. Uh, according to ESPN, it's only happened five times. Excuse me. 1941, Bernie Bierman uh, left Minnesota to go to Iowa pre-flight. People with the Gophers are still steamed about I, that. I, well, Iowa pre-flight, like, like, what did they get? You know, that's what I always say. Elton John, they got a song. Rocket Man. Uh, 1976. Yeah, I made you laugh. Never really loved that song. Really? Why not? Because I keep thinking William Shatner. Oh, because he destroyed the song somewhere down the road? Uh, 1976, Johnny Majors left Pittsburgh to go to Tennessee. Okay, number one. Johnny Majors. 1983, Howard Schnellenberger uh, was at Miami, left to go to the USFL. Yeah, he was good in the USFL. In 1997, Tom Osborne left Nebraska to retire. I was going to say to go to Congress. And then Jim Harbaugh now, just the the fifth coach, according to ESPN, um, leaving. And this is since the AP poll era. It's 1936. So right in my wheelhouse. Uh, Michigan, and now he goes to the Chargers. I'm just really super curious, Ohio State fan. Are you happy today? Are you glad that Harbaugh's out, or did you want him to stay so Ohio State could come back and beat him? Is that what you wanted? Did you want him to stay? Because, you know, Jeff, we were talking about how much money Ohio State spent in NIL before the show, and uh, Ohio State, you know, when the season ended and you watched what happened against Missouri in the bowl game, and, you know, a lot of people felt like it was embarrassing. Everything that's happened since then, the players they brought in, the money they've spent on NIL – uh, Bill O'Brien coming to Columbus now. You know, there are a lot of good things and a lot of positive energy going on on the shores of the Olentangy. It, it, but is it all 
the type of stuff that will make you feel really good about the program? Or will you think, hey, we're just we're just buying buying players, buying coaches. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. That's the real world. I, I know. Yeah. And and Andy, I agree with you on that. I hate it, but it's the real world. I know. I, I agree. My my thought on the whole thing is good for them. Hey, they're playing by the rules. The rules that are in place. That don't really exist. It doesn't feel like there's many rules now, does it? Well, the rule is you're allowed to pay guys. There's no salary cap, is there? No, it's it's true free agency. It's what it is. I want the 18-year-old kid making more than my geography prof. Why wouldn't you? I'm not kidding. I'm not paying to go watch your geography prof on TV once a week with millions of other people. Metamorphic sedimentary. First and 10 at the 25 <laughs> with a championship on the line. Which one do you want? I'd like sedimentary rocks, please, for 200. Uh, I'll take longitude. <laughs> Or is that latitude? I can't ever remember. Oh, the one that makes the Did I say geography or geology? I thought you said geography. Oh, well, then I should have gone longitude instead You've of You've already rocks. failed your class. See? He's already failed at Medigan. No we wonder I only guy? got a B in geology. I, I think he's getting the red Sharpie today. We may have to pull out the red Sharpie. I I, I don't even know what to do. Down is up. Up is down. You know, we're, we got to mess up. It is hands. weird. Like, I haven't made a mistake yet. Oh, I missed it. 10-10. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Sorry. Missed that. Um, But... You know, when you look at what happened to Harbaugh here, I have to tell you, as Ohio State fan, I'm great with this. You you, you got to tell me, 216-474-0092. I'm telling you, like, this feels good for Ohio State. Michigan just lost their head coach. Michigan just lost their head coach. However, it, it the, feels like Ohio State's going in the right direction. Michigan's going in the wrong direction. They're probably going to hire the guy who did a great job of filling in when Harbaugh was out. He did, but Harbaugh was still around. He was just in the background. He just couldn't show up for game day. You know, Harbaugh gave them a, Sharon Moore. He, he gave them Sharon an Moore. image. He gave them a direction. He gave them he gave them a big time recruiting piece. Don't you think? I I, I think. I think Harbaugh was a, such a key factor in so many of the things going on there. And it took him a while. But I I don't see how this doesn't hurt Michigan. I, I'd love to hear from Michigan fan today. Do they feel like they lost? I mean, Harbaugh's out. I, I just think, you know, for him to leave, he goes to the NFL. You know that he's wanted to go to the NFL. It looked like he was, you know, on the teeter-totter between maybe going back to Michigan a little bit, maybe not. I, you know, he just, he's got to play by these silly, uh, what feels like silly NCAA rules. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, man. I don't really care that Michigan sent some guy out to videotape signals. I don't. And if you didn't hide your signals well enough that some guy could sit there and then shoot that. And I watch this video that's out of Columbus all the time. It's like, oh, they knew the play before. Well, shame on you. Do a better job of disguising your plays. And, and, and advanced scouting, I mean, okay, they made a rule for it a couple of years ago. Should, did he break it? Yep, they broke it. Should they be punished? Yep, they should have been punished. But I, I still think, like, I, I forgot who said it, it was like the, the head of the uh, the head of the, the the tournament or the college football playoffs just said, you know what, Michigan won. They won on the field this year. They were the national champions. How- Look at the teams they beat. The last three teams. Uh, to win a championship. They absolutely earned it, and they deserve to be called national champions. How does he do with the Chargers? I don't know. That's a great question, Jeff. I I would think he is better. For instance, 
Nick Saban coached in the NFL. He was a DB coach with the Houston Oilers for a long time and then went to Toledo as head coach, if I remember the timeline correctly, then came to the Browns with Belichick as defensive coordinator. So he coached in the NFL. Then he went back to college and became a head coach, Michigan State, LSU, Alabama. But in between there, he went to the Miami Dolphins. That didn't work out. And it didn't work out, yeah. And I, I wonder, to me, Harbaugh is so much better suited to be an NFL head coach again. He played in the league as a quarterback for a very long time and was really successful with the 49ers. He did a nice job there. This is, he got his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so he did a really nice job there. I think he's really well suited to drop in. And, and here's the other aspect. They have some talent with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He's not walking into a, a, a cupboard that's bare. And he has one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and Justin Herbert. You don't think that Harbaugh and his background as a quarterback going to propel Justin Herbert to really big things? As oh, if, I as think if he will. they aren't big things already. Yeah, I think he'll be successful. I do too. I this think I think he'll do like, well. The Urban Meyer NFL experiment was an absolute disaster. Harbaugh knows what he's getting himself into. He's been here before. This isn't someone who's gonna go to try I I, I would hope he wouldn't try to run a professional program like you did a college program. Clearly, Urban didn't get it when he went to the NFL. He just did not get it. And Harbaugh gets it. I, I, I Look out. I mean, I think Chargers are – that's a great hire for the Chargers. It's a great move for Harbaugh. Ken is in Westlake. Hi, Ken. Hey, hi. Hi. Uh, as, as far as uh, Harbaugh and recruiting, he didn't – he wasn't pulling in the five-star kids. Right. He was he was getting high three and 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 middle level fours, and those kids were hanging out there for four or five. And because of the pandemic, they were hanging out for six years. Yep. They they stayed intact and they built that team into a unit. Now I, I also read something that seventy players on Michigan were baptized this past year. I found that to be astounding because a lot of those kids had to be had to be Baptists and had to be baptized already. I don't know if they were reborn. But there was an element to that team that played with their hair on fire, and everything was geared up to this one season, which they won the championship. <clears throat> I don't know if it could be duplicated, um, but they had what they had the, uh, the epitome of a team is what they had, hmm. and they were beating teams more talented than uh, than they were. Can he duplicate that in the NFL again? Yeah, that when you're when you're you know you're paying those guys even bigger bucks and. Well, well, even the worst guys, you think. I think, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a 20, a 29, 30 year old man buys into that with Jim Harbaugh or selling. I think he's going to be successful. And he, he even made a Super Bowl. <clears throat> but he has, a, he has an expiration date on him, <clears throat> which I think is more conducive to, to coaching and, and college and pros. And Ken, that, he's got a yeah. five year contract. I'll bet he works Perfect. his five year contract and sails off to the sunset. I agree with you, Jeff. Yeah, that story came out two days ago, the story you were talking about, the 70 players. It's interesting. That's an interesting twist. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Yep. Ken and Westlake, they were guys that bought into what they were doing. You know, you look at the Browns this year, and we talk about buying in, and we talk about the Greenbrier thing. Remember, we had this conversation yesterday. Ah, the Greenbrier. I mean, saying that you found this place to bond – and then all of a sudden, well, you get down to the bomb shelter. You don't have anybody to talk to except the other guy. How do you know there's only two of you down there? Or guys. 
How do you know it's not? I'm, I'm telling it's wonder if the ceiling's high enough you could practice indoors in the bomb shelter at the Greenbrier. <sighs> Ghost Eisenhower walking around. Might be. Oh, that would be Ask weird. him about the highway systems. Ooh. I like Ike. Did you think he envisioned all these things? 271. He just said 71. Let's just make this. No. Let's run a, another one in between yes, to go to the other highway. Let's have a bypass. And we'll, we'll go put it, three letters, three numbers on those. That's a great idea. Thank you. And then maybe he'll have an epiphany around Columbus and he'll put 370 around. Oh, oh my. Oh. Let's put circles and we'll put like zeros on the end of them. What will the aliens think when they see all these circles coming? Oh, they'll be like, oh, it's got to be a bypass because it's three, it's three numbers. We created this. Buckeye fans, are you digging the fact that Jim Harbaugh is gone from Ann Arbor? That we'll talk about the Browns' new running backs coach, too. And Larry Nance Sr., former Cavs forward, who has uh, two sons in the NBA. It's pretty awesome, if you ask me. Both those kids played around here, their high school ball. So we'll get to that next. Baskin and Phelps, 92-3. All right, we're waiting for the Browns. You know, I don't even think the Browns have officially announced that Van Pelt is out, did they? Was there an official? There hasn't been. I think they're holding off on everything until the staff is full. Yes, okay. From what we've been led to believe. So this is kind of like illegal tampering then when we start saying some of these jobs that we believe have. We're not tampering. We can't be held accountable for any of that. It's Uh not our gig. So I guess apparently they're waiting to roll everybody out at once. Right. It'll be great. Are they going to get the Chicago Bulls guy to come up? Your new Cleveland Browns coaching staff. <sighs> I, I don't think so. You know, they're not going to do that? They're not going to do. Does everyone remember when Hugh got hired? Do you remember when Hugh, when Hugh Jackson's here, baby? Well, Hugh said that. Hugh, yeah, did, but, Hugh did his own PA uh, announcing. The Browns brought the entire staff. Deucer in the house. Everybody who was in Berea. I think they pulled people off the streets from Berea for this thing. Like every TV station, like a lemming, went out to this thing and just jumped off the cliff like everybody else and waited for Hugh to come in through the door. This, You know what it was? If it was, a, if it was a, an arrest, it would have been the perp walk. Where they try to get the camera to shoot the guy who's got arrested. Okay, so but in this scenario, tread, tread lightly. Here. Okay, well, okay, but in this scenario, it was they filled up the entire uh, opening in Berea, and they had everybody come in. And by the way, I, I can't be mad that they did this because Hugh Jackson was the guy everybody wanted. He was, then. He was the hot candidate. Everybody wanted Hugh Jackson to be their next head coach. Which goes to tell you, you should. Hire the grizzled old guy who's getting ready for his fourth gig. By the way, why is that okay in the NBA and in Major League Baseball, but it's not okay in the NFL to bring back a coach for the second or third time? It's like, oh, really? You couldn't find anybody else, huh? I don't know. Let's dust off Andy Reid again. Yeah, how'd that work out? He stinks now. You think Philly ever looks back and like, like McCarthy what do we, what do we do? Let's go get Mike oh, McCarthy. Oh, don't bring up McCarthy, man. He's going to go crazy. Well, you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. I mean, Doc Rivers just got his 14th NBA coaching job. Why is it okay in the NFL but not in the – No, it's okay in the NBA. I mean, it's okay in Major League Baseball. Why? Jerry, Jerry Francona is a god. Well, if he was such a god, you know, why did Philadelphia let him go? Why did Boston let him go? And I'm, I'm, I'm just making a point here. I think Terry's terrific. Right. But – when, when the Guardians brought him in, it was like, hey, terrific. We got Terry Francona. You, an NFL team who brings in a coach who's on his third team, well, he must have stunk at the other places, huh? Why is that? I don't know, but it's true, isn't it? 
Maybe because they're trying to turn over coaches left and right. I, I don't I'm know. still blown away by the fact that in the what is it last two years or last year, every offensive coordinator is turned. It's unbelievable. I you you said that the other day that you saw that somewhere, and I I, I think it was I haven't that said I that. haven't dug it up, but it must be true because Hennigan said. Yeah. Yeah. Every single offensive coordinator who's a offensive coordinator, by the way, because there's a bunch of play calling head coaches who don't have offensive coordinators and all that kind of stuff. But every offensive coordinator has churned in the past two years. Stunning. Mm-hmm. You know, the other point that we brought up yesterday too, about this coaching situation too, is that, uh, you know, we were talking about head coaches should or should not call plays. And I think we get caught up in the offensive side of it. We don't think about how many head coaches are calling defensive plays because that happens too. Yeah. So what I, I was like, I was looking yesterday. It was like it looked just as a, uh, just an estimated guess that there was like forty between forty and fifty percent of the head coaches in the NFL call their own plays. That was on offense only. I didn't take defense into consideration when I was looking down the list. I mean, do you think Bill Belichick wasn't calling defenses? I don't think he was but towards the end. I but know. I mean, in the beginning, don't you think he was calling defenses? I would. Though? I would hope so. I, I would too. I yeah. would want him to. I mean, that's. Again, if you're an expert at something, why would you want to give that up? I don't understand. If you want to be the head coach, and you, you I mean, obviously the buck stops with the head coach, yeah, I, yeah, and you're a good play caller. You thought why would you want to continue to right. call plays? You thought enough of me to hire me as head coach based on my ability to coordinate a defense, but I'm going to give that up now. That makes no sense. It does. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But but we we had folks calling yesterday saying. Here's the deal. So anyway, the Browns now it appears Deuce Staley's coming in to be the running running back coach. I don't, Jeff, your thoughts on that? I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, cool name. I mean, I know what he looked like when he well, played. Well, he's, he's. I mean, I'm good yeah. with that. I don't. I respect the way he played. We have, and I have no idea how a guy coaches running backs. You know what I mean? I Stump Mitchell was a good running backs coach. Well, they got rid of him. Deuce Staley has a reputation as a good running backs coach. All right, they're going to hire him. Get that lactic there acid you, there flowing, you go. right? Is that was a part of the gig? I don't know. You got to yell to get that lactic acid flowing. Get that. Remember? Is that you know, we, that good it's part of the gig? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. totally. Well, Hit, they, ready? Ready? Here's another one. Hit the hole. They brought Hit in a hole. guy who has a a very good reputation as a running backs coach, but they also got rid of one who has a very good reputation as a running backs coach. You know, keep in mind when when these guys are working for the team, you hear nothing but great things about them, and then all of a sudden they get let go. Well, okay. Maybe we shouldn't have heard all the great things about him because you just let him go. But the Browns aren't alone. Again, if you're looking for the vagabonds, look at NFL coaching staffs. Those guys just bounce everywhere. And that, I, and, and not, not Andy necessarily because they're really good or they're really bad. That's just the nature of the gig. Yeah, how often – I mean, when somebody gets – when they change over, how often do you see, like, how many coaches normally stick? Three, four? Maybe from one regime to another, it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's weird. Is it? There's a clean house because they're like, "Oh, okay, this." Well, and the minute the head coach leaves, if you're a coach, you're thinking, "I got to get a gig." And so, yeah. rather than sit around and you you don't want to be left holding the bag, hey, the new coach comes in. Hey, thanks for not taking another gig, but we don't want you. Okay. Oh, jeez. What am I going to? I'm going to go help out at the local high school. Thanks. So that, where do you go? Yeah, I also you you have to go get another job as soon as if your head coach gets gets canned, you got to go. It's like Tommy Reese. It's going to be the Browns' new tight end coach. Nick Saban retires. Oh my God, I need a gig. I mean, it, it, think about it. 
this guy's a really highly thought of young up and coming coach. DeBoer comes into Alabama and he's this guy's leaving. Well, why wouldn't you keep him? You know what? That's that's the weird thing. But you want your own guys, as you said, Andy. And and that's why guys have to bounce like crazy. I still I I I excuse me. I fully think Bill Belichick's gonna be on the outside looking in. Don't you? Well, it, it depends on what Bill wants. Does Bill want to go in and be, you know, be the chief emperor of a football franchise? I, if Who's going to let him do it? Would you? Look at what happened. It in, depends on what, what, what my situation. Like, there have been a couple years where, yeah, if I were the Browns, absolutely. Like, probably no, right before you hired Paul, B, Paul D. Podesta. No, Andy, now. No. Forget several years ago. Now. Five years ago? Like if Bill Belichick had left New England instead of Tom Brady, Bill could have had his choice of any gig he wanted. And they'd have cleaned house for him. Since Tom left, whether it's fair or whether it's not, Bill's, the star, has diminished. I mean, that's just a fact. If if not, New England wouldn't have gotten rid of him. And now another team needs to look at Bill and think he can coach up our team. But there's no way. And, And Bill's made some good draft choices. And the Patriots have brought in a couple of decent guys in, in recent drafts. But there's no way I'm I'm gonna turn the personnel department over to him. And and he's gonna have to he's going to have to, if not report to the general manager, Andy, be on a level playing field as my general manager. I wonder if his sons are gonna get picked up by Absolutely. anybody. No, they're gonna wait until Bill. Will they wait for their dad to sit out and then No. If if Bill doesn't get a gig and he's going to sit out, you can be sure that somebody will hire them. Why? Because Bill has enough assistance out there, enough clout with his, you know, in the league that somebody will hire his kids. And and you know what, Andy? They probably deserve it. From all accounts, they're good young football coaches. I think it'd be tough to coach with your dad in that scenario. But by the way, I mean, the more I say, you know, you brought up something about Bill Callahan two days ago that just kept sticking in the back of my mind because at first you're like why wouldn't bill want to join his son right mm-hmm. why wouldn't he and then because you want your kid to stand on his own two feet and not and not have to deal with well is, is your dad here is he your security blanket is is your dad coaching the team your dad yeah. coached that's why yeah i could actually uh, the more i started thinking about it because i think we you know, we were kind of laying down the law that he was going to go with his son. I just, I, you brought that up the other day, and now I can't see him. I, I see him staying here. It's a good gig. Uh, he's got to be making good coin here. I, I just, I can't. Uh, there was a part of me that, I, and it took you to get me this, so I give you a little bit of credit because I was like, I, and it, don't you want your kid wow. to stand on their own? Well, that might be part of it. However, his kid has stood on his own enough that he got hired as a head coach. Right. So there's the flip side of that. It's like, you didn't need me to get hired as a head coach. You did that on your own. You want me to come in and and hang with you and be a consultant? I would think it would be really difficult for Brian Callahan to have dad, unless unless you're completely in lockstep, to have dad hanging around. And I, I think it would be really difficult to have dad as one of your position coaches because you'd literally be his boss. That's tough. If I, I would think if Bill Callahan were to leave to go to Tennessee, it would be for something 
like senior offensive assistant. You know, and special advisor. Some advisory role where you're not coaching a position group. Something where you're like on the football field. Or that and, he, and you're you're at every practice, you're bouncing around all the meetings where you're just like you're the, the, a great set of eyes for the organization and for your for your head coach who would happen to be your kid. I, the other part of it is what Bill Callahan's like 67 later 60s I think 66 67 somewhere in there and at some point don't you think he just wants to do what he's doing and then retire and then maybe enjoy it? I don't maybe, know. I, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, as much as people want to sit around and go, "Oh, join your dad, join your dad, join your dad," I don't know. I think if you sit down and write down the pros and cons, and if you're happy here, and man, he's done an amazing job with the Browns. Why would you want to leave? Plus, he he's six. He'll be sixty-eight at the start of next season. Okay. Yeah. So, finish this up for another two or three years, and then go work with your kid. Larry Nance Sr. Speaking of your kids and mm. playing, he'll join us next. Former Cavaliers forward. We'll talk to him. Uh, about the NBA. We're going to talk to him about his kids, too, especially when we come back. Larry Nance Sr. next, Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. And you were kind of hoping it would happen at some point, and last Thursday it did. They signed Pete Nance to a 10-day NBA contract. Pete was playing with the Cleveland Charge. So he was in the G League with the organization, went to training camp with the Cavs, but came up to the big team, has played in a couple of games, and that puts... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Nance family in some really interesting company. Joining us now on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, he wore number 22 for the Cavaliers and the Phoenix Suns. And his number's in the rafters, and he has two sons in the NBA. Larry Nance. Hi, Larry. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Larry. How are you? We are well. We're, we're not as good as you, father of two <laughs> NBA sons. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to be as good as I am right now. <laughs> of, of, of that accomplishment. And, uh, you know, that just shows you the, the hard work my boys have put in. And, uh, you know, I've been really blessed and I'm a happy person. Larry, let me, let me give you some names. I don't know if you're aware of this. You guys are now 
the sixth family to have a dad who played in the NBA and at least two sons play in the NBA. Just six from everything I've been able to find. Rick Barry leads the way. He had three sons playing the league, Brent, John, and Drew. Del Curry has Steph and Seth, Harvey Grant, Jeremy and Jerrion. Jim Paxson Sr. had Jim and John. Michael Thompson had Michael and Clay. And you have Larry and Pete. Six, Larry. That That's pretty impressive, buddy. Hey, I'm going to take a little piece of that branch and break it off. How about for the same team? There it is. Yeah. All three guys played for the same team. That's that's pretty impressive. Now, Oh, you talk about some some of the other people did that? Or we're no, the you're the only ones. You're it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You're going to get your good. own wing in Springfield. It's coming. <laughs> They're just going to call it the dance wing. What what did you what did you think when <laughs> when Pete got called up? What was the initial thought from the family? Well, I just know we didn't think about being called up or nothing like that. We always just thought about Pete, keep working, keep work, keep your head down, work hard, work hard, and he's been doing that. And now you, you I mean, you you tell people all the time when you work hard, good things happen, and he's been working hard, and something good happened for him. So. You know, he got to continue to do that because, you know, it is a 10-day, but, he, you know, he just got to keep cranking, man. I was so proud of him and, and uh, you know, just 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 was happy, me and Janie also. I, I, gotta, I can't imagine what it was like for you sitting in the stands in high school with these guys. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, you know, especially especially early on with, uh, with Larry Jr. that, you know, here it is, your dad sitting in the stands, everyone around here. And Revere, they all know who you are. They're like, I wonder what his dad's. I, what, what, what's that experience like when you're watching these guys and they're young and you're growing up? And now, I mean, to see where they are now, they beat all the odds. Yes, they were lucky that uh, you're you're their dad at yep. some point. In the Most NBA I, guys don't have kids who make it to the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, know, it's just it's not that easy. And so I'm just kind of walk me through what it was like being their dad, especially up to like high school. It's it's, it's definitely not that easy. And and, and if you guys. Oh, I am not a screamer or a yeller, so I just sit there and watch them. And then when I get them home, I tell them what I want them to know or or whatever when they play. But man, if you guys just knew the amount of butterflies that have been in my stomach <laughs> over the years, and they and they still there. And you know, every game they play, I want them to be so good, and and I want them to do well and be successful for themselves. And that I just have butterflies beyond belief. And uh, you know. I tell people all the time, when I watch my kids practice, it's better than me playing. I mean, it's just, just something all about it. And Casey played also, and it's just that feeling, I just can never – I can never describe it because it's unbelievable, and it's just something that I could do the rest of my life is watching them play for sure. Larry Nance joining us, former Cavaliers legend, number 22 in the rafters. You mentioned your daughter, Casey, who played at Dayton. She yeah, was a terrific player as well. That's amazing. You had three D1 basketball oh, yeah. players. That's, I, I, you know, Larry, you stop right there, man. You know, that's just, it's the odds, uh, the odds of that are just uh, insane. It's astronomical. It, it's just shoot me between the eyes because that's just the greatest, <laughs> I, just a blessing beyond belief. And, and you know, and, and I had a friend of mine that said, uh, Man, Pete's going to try to come into the league, and I wish he would play for the Cavs. And I'm like, dude, come on. You can't ask for that blessing. I mean, that, that's ridiculous to ask for something like that because Larry done came through here, and I never would have asked for that. And then all of a sudden, 
the Cavs brought Petey into the G League, and it's like, holy smoke. I just, it's just, I, you know, I'm just thankful every day because it's a heck of a blessing that, that uh, a lot of people, well, nobody get to, to, uh, to feel as much as I did. Larry, Dan's joining us. Larry, you told me one time, and it was when when Larry Jr. I think was just at Wyoming. He he was still in college, but you told me yeah. he's he's going to make the league. You could you thought he was going to make the league because you said I was a real late bloomer, and he's the yeah. same type of kid. Can you explain that? Well, it, it's it's so many so many kids in in the NBA is, is is bad for this. They pick kids out when they're sophomores and juniors and they're they, they just mature so fast than everybody else that you know you think they're gonna be great and all of a sudden larry been a late bloomer and he had crohn's and he was developing late i mean i could just see the potential in him i mean he was long had long arms and he understood the game and uh i just knew if he had his opportunity once he developed uh, a little bit more than he he could play in the NBA, and I feel the same way about P. I think P's kind of a late bloomer, and then and he's he's definitely blooming right now, and and it's happening all the time. He's improving, getting better and better, and as and and you know that's thankful to the Cavs staff because they work with him and as well as all those guys all the time, and we'll see where he ends up. But yeah, I knew it. I could see it in him. I, you could just tell what a basketball player looked like. At least I think I can. I I would say you got a pretty good idea about that. When <laughs> when Pete, I would think it was really tough on Larry. It would be tough on any kid of an NBA great player like you were to be playing basketball. So it had to be tough on Larry. I would think it had to be even tougher on Pete because when he's in high school, he's got a brother who's playing what D one ball, and I think it was was it Pete's sophomore year when Larry was drafted into the league. Hey, my yeah. my kids in my, my brother's an NBA player. My dad was an NBA player, and I happen to be a tall kid who plays basketball. I would think he had a lot of pressure on him, Larry. I would think it, it, it was pressure on Larry. He was named Larry Junior, so the pressure was on him. And then, like you said, Larry being successful, I was successful. A lot of pressure on Pete. It just some of the stuff that happened with Pete is him being a six eleven guy that can handle the ball, yeah. no coaches go really let you do that. So that kind of makes him have to reroute his game because Pete was like a point guard some in, in high school. And and could he do that position in college? He probably could, but, but he's still 6'11", and most coaches go say, dude, you got to get inside. So Pete is adjusting to that. And uh, I think I, – I really think that I've told people that as far as potential, as far as talent and everything. I think Pete has more talent than me and Larry. Larry, I, I think it's interesting. You just mentioned when he was at Revere, Dean Rahas, the, the coach there, I remember coming out and watching Pete play, and Dean told me, because you are right, he was handling the ball, he's shooting outside, he's doing all kinds of things, and he's in the big body. And I said, you gotta, it's got to be tough to resist that temptation to put him down low, because when he did go down yeah. low, he just dominated. And, and Dean told me, and I thought, good for you. He said, He's not going to be a down-low, big physical center at the next level and maybe beyond, so we're going to help him develop into the type of player he needs to be by letting him do what he's going to need to do at the next level. You're right, Larry. Not many coaches are going to do that. No, not, no, not many coaches are going to do that because, because he is big, and you know, it just 
It's just the bad thing about it. And now he's learning how to be a center. He's learning how to be physical and learning how to get in that bank for rebounds and, and, you know, finishing a crowd and all that stuff. So he's, you know, that's, that's where he's at is the, uh, reworking his game a little bit. And then hopefully he's going to get a shot and he'll show everybody that he can play and do that also. Larry Nance is joining us, and he is now one of six former NBA players to have two or more sons play in the NBA. It's a pretty select group. What's next? For, and this is interesting to me, Larry, because it's not like your boys grew up together. They're, what, seven years apart. Larry's 31, and Pete's going to turn 24 next month. So though, they, though they're brothers, they didn't necessarily grow up together. What do you think is the next step for Pete in his career? And what do you think the next step for Larry is? Well, Larry is Larry right now is playing the best basketball he's played his whole career. He is he's healthy, he's feeling good, and um, he's the only one you know, well I think maybe Draymond that can come and affect the game on the defensive end and just change the whole game. And Larry's doing that. He's fun to watch because he just all over the place on the defensive end and making steals and blocking shots and doing all that. Well, that's a popular guy for any team. So Larry, hopefully, is going to get another nice contract and uh, be fine. The thing for Pete is to just keep his head down, keep working, listen to the coach, be a good, you know, because Pete understands the game like Larry, but he's a little different. He's not on, you know, his, his strength is going to be stretching the floor. And I don't think there's a lot of fives in the league that can pick and pop and knock down that three and handle the ball a little bit and get it where it needs to be. And as the league watch Pete play, they realize that he's one of those guys that can do that. So he's got to just take his time and go through that process and be patient and work hard, and then they will see that he's, you know, he's one of those centers that can pick and pop and knock down the three as well as take care of the ball and bring it up if they want him to. Uh, hey, Larry, I just want to ask you just a couple questions just because I loved watching you guys play. And it, it, It's kind of been nice seeing Mark Price. Like, I keep hearing a little bit more about Mark Price, and obviously Brad Doherty's around. How much you, do you still keep in touch with those guys? And I, I just I think it's so important that you guys are still a part of what's going on here in Cleveland right now with the Cavs because I, I, your, your play and their play uh, was so meaningful to me in, in enjoying professional basketball here in Northeast Ohio. How much are you catching up with those guys and – I mean, are there more opportunities with the Cavs right now with you guys? Uh, I, I talk to Mark. I talk to Brad when I go to the game. I always talk junk to him because he talks junk about me every time he's on TV. <laughs> yes, he does. Which is fine. <laughs> That's all right. I'm going to get him back one day. I'm just letting it all build up, and then I'm going to show up on his little halftime talk and just, just talk bad about him. So we still have that great relationship we had when we playing, and, and when Mark comes to town, sometimes we get together also. So – and that's my point guard. When everybody gets to talking about point guards and whether they want this guy, that guy, I say, give me Mark Price, and I'll just get out of the conversation because I know he's just just that important to me. And, uh, you know, here's another compliment to both of my boys. I, I think the team we had, we played team ball, yep. and we knew who was hot, and we, we was unselfish people, and that's why everybody loved that team. And I, be, I believe that both my boys – could have played with us because I think that's huh. exactly how they play the game. And that's a, you know, that's a nice compliment to them in my book. Hey, did you ever, and this is my last question, did you ever want to steer those guys and literally towards drag racing at all? Or were they around the track <laughs> a lot with you? And, and I'm just, I'm just curious. 
No, that's a great question. Now, I, I spent so much money drag racing, even though I love it. I would never want my boys to get in there and spend their money in that. No, but Larry do have a Larry have a '69 Camaro okay. that I helped him fix up, and uh, it, it's probably got 750 horsepower. It's pretty nice. Ooh. And uh, but other than that, that's that's the most um, that's the most they've been around. I mean, they've been to some races, but I don't think neither one of them will ever be no drag racer like I was. Uh, Larry, I think what we should do is get Jeff's van. I don't know if you are familiar with Jeff's. How many miles on that thing? 378. 378. Maybe we can get that thing out to Norwalk for its last <laughs> ride and just try to gun that thing up to 35 miles an hour It'll and then blow. see what happens. <laughs> no, you better leave that. Up. What, is, is, is it a Ford, a Mopar, or a Chevy? Uh, none of the above, uh, Larry. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it would be a, it would, it would rhyme with Donda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we might better leave that alone. Don't yeah, bring we'll, that to the track. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> hey, Larry, congratulations to you and Janie and, and awesome. Casey. I know you guys are all so proud of Larry and Pete, and uh, and of your, you should be proud of your entire family because I one, really am. One I of really six, am. buddy. Been, like, like I've been said, I've been so blessed to, to have the opportunity we've had, me and Janie, and, uh, you know, I really realize that, and, and, and thank you very, guys very much for giving us some giving those guys some attention. You got it, buddy. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us. We appreciate it. All right. Have a wonderful day. You All right, too. buddy. Larry Nance joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Back-to-back games in Milwaukee. That uh, curbs a little bit of the travel that the league instituted. What, are we two years into this thing? Yeah, that's the point of it, to try and make it better for, and not to save money as much as it is to cut down on wear and tear on the players. Yeah. Cut down on travel. Cavs now four games back in the Central because I know everyone just keeps their eye on the Central. So I love the fact you rolled your eyes at me when I did that. Milwaukee 31 and 13. Cavaliers, uh, what, 26 and 16? That sound right? 26 and 16. That does sound right. Yeah. So uh, if you want to look at the big picture, though, the Celtics are the top team in the East. Uh, The Cavaliers just slipped by half a game last night. So they are still sitting in the four spot after that great winning streak. Um, and then the Knicks are behind them, followed by the Heat, Pacers, Magic, Bulls, Hawks, uh, round out the 10 teams that uh, would make it to the play-in portion of the postseason. Um, obviously, though, the bigger story, Jeff, is that Doc Rivers will now come in for the next game. What is that, tomorrow night? And Is that official that he's going to coach tomorrow night? I, that's what we just had in the update, right? Is that what we just said? It sounds like he's going to coach in the update. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's like, oh, here we go, more motivation for the Bucks, although I mean, like I get it, I understand it. But we've sat here in a city where you know we had the best team in the Eastern Conference, and uh, David Black got fired after taking the team to the finals the year before. So I'm not shocked if any coach ever gets fired. And I think it's interesting that now, now there are little things coming out, and there was a story. And Dan, maybe you can help me out with this a little bit with the Athletic. That make it sound like this isn't exactly like there's is shady right the right word Jeff interesting it's an interesting turn oh, of events I, in Milwaukee I, I wouldn't say shady is shady too tough of a word to that's, use that's a little harsh okay give me another word um stinky <laughs> okay stinky this kind of stinks I'm going with shady. You, you're going shady you read these pieces that are starting to come out of what was taking place inside with the box and how a lot of this stuff was working, and it's a little 
uh, it's, it's a little shady. All right, so what's it say? That's So this is the big part of this is, and, and you could go on The Athletic as a giant piece if you so desire with uh, Sham Sharania who wrote it, um, their Bucks beat reporter as well, helping out along the way. And this is the big takeaway of this that kind of screams that it was shady. League sources say Doc Rivers, ESPN analyst, uh, after moving on from the 76ers last May, began to serve as an informal consultant to former head coach Adrian Griffin at the behest of the Bucks. One month later, multiple sources briefed on this, the matter now indicate that Rivers is the serious leader and now hired, a uh, piece is a little bit older, for the now vacant position and preferred choice by key stakeholders. Yeah. So yeah. they bring this guy in to be a consultant, and then a month later are hiring the consultant to be the head coach. I... I w- I wonder, you tell anybody, I want to see a show of hands. Did they talk to him about the head coaching job before they fired Griffin? Or was he already in place and they had a feel that he might take it if it just came up or they really liked what they saw and then they fired him and contacted him? What do you think? That's where the shadiness comes in. You know, wait a minute, were you already there and and they were planning on that? You know, because the, the GM said, the GM's excuse, I thought, for the firing was, you know, you, you could just say, you could just say this, hey, the guy was a, a jerk and everybody hated him, but that's not the case. They said, right. hey, we love what he did. We think he's going to be a good coach. The the GM said, our window is right here, right now, because you know, we, well, is that, is that not true? Their well, window is here. Well, right hold now. on a second. Yeah. He said, you know, we acquired Damian Lillard after we hired him, and you know that kind of changed things. Did it really? They just won an NBA championship. They have Giannis. Yeah. They had Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton. They have Brooke Lopez, the crew that won them a championship. If I'm Giannis, I'm thinking, wait, wait, we didn't have an open window before you traded for Dame? You hired this guy thinking your your window is open to win a championship. You had to. Otherwise, what what are you smoking? You have Giannis. He might be the best guy in the game. What if they just... Felt like Doc Rivers was an upgrade, straight out upgrade. Would that have been okay to say, or is it bad because it's in the middle of the season, or is it bad because he was the consultant and that the head coach who just got fired might have been looking to him for consultation? To me, that's a little. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. Seems weird, right? Seems weird. Well, it it's it smells, you know. Yeah, it smells, huh? But Com- that that that's the way it goes, though, right? Okay, let's let's be fair. It's pro sports. It's you know, it's not it's not everybody's turn. No, it, I agree. You know, and but, if you feel like you can do better, then you do better. You just have to examine the cost of it. That's all. Carson's in Omaha. Hi, Carson. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, um, I think that Giannis had a good game, and we weren't able to stop him on D. And I thought that they would not play as good with an interim head coach, but they showed up. Donovan played hard, like he always does, and we'll get him on. We'll get him tomorrow. You think so? I think so. I think they're a better team than we are. I mean, I I know we got them before, and especially with the injuries that we have right now. I mean, you you would think that Milwaukee would be able to beat us twice, especially at home. Uh huh. So yeah. I, that's a good point. Thanks, Carson. Appreciate it. I is there motivation to the fact that you're playing for an interim head coach? I mean, if you read Giannis's quotes after the game, it felt like it. You know, it's been a long couple of days for them, and you know they're motivated. I wonder how motivated they're going to be for Doc when Doc walks in the door, and if he takes over for tomorrow night's game. What do you think? Is that real? Is that motivation Doc's, real? Doc's a really good coach. Yeah, I think so too. He's got a terrible, terrible playoff record when it comes to game sevens and being up in series and blowing leads and all. And that that's kinda that's kind of scary. How bad is it? Um has he lost nine game sevens or something like that? I mean it it's it's not good. And that's you know, that's that's a little scary, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I kinda wanna go back to this window deal. So Giannis signed what a five-year deal? Isn't he the window? Yeah, if Giannis is on your team, Andy, you're a championship contender. Yeah, that that's that's why I think the words of of their general manager Hurst are are BS. They they decided they wanted the but, higher. So Doc who Rivers are those words some, for? Somebody though? didn't like Adrian Griffin. Are they their words for the fans? What are they? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're like, I'm just looking at his contract. His contract's up in what, 28. So he's still sitting on this year's contract, next year's Remember, contract. Remember, he's he re-signed in Milwaukee. Right. Good for him. But if this stuff's going on, you think he's going to want to re-sign again? Yeah. If they can't figure out who the coach is? Well, they know who the coach is. It's Doc Rivers. But for how long? I mean, um, this is your third would, coach this year, right? I would right? think quite a, quite a while. Second coach. Second. Joe just filled in for a game. No, I, I. Oh, you meant the. Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah, when it. you look, go back and look at the beginning of the season. Oh, I thought you meant Coach Bud. I thought that's what you were talking about was Bud last year. My right. Bad, my bad. No, that's where I am going. That's why I'm just like. So now you're flying through all these coaches. You think you're in your window of opportunity. I, I just. 
doesn't it feel, I, especially with Bud, that it felt like they hit the panic button. Quick. Well, you, you just won an NBA championship. You, you have a down year and you get rid of the guy? I don't know. I, maybe you'd say the same thing for if you were on the outside. Look, like I keep looking at the story saying, okay, what was I thinking when the Cavaliers got rid of David Blatt? Andy, the NBA's nuts. It is. I mean, we, I mean let, let's be honest. It's nuts. Why, why would you? And here's the thing. You're Toronto. Why would you fire Nick Nurse? Nick's a good coach. Is it just because the owners are so antsy? Monty Williams is having a real rough go right now. Nick Nurse wanted out too. Nick Nurse was yeah, out. Yeah, I, I know, but why why wouldn't you make that work? You know what I'm saying? Monty Williams is a good coach, despite what's happening in Detroit. Why 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 do these guys get bounced all the time? Because teams aren't patient. New owner syndrome on that one. Exactly. I mean that's it's ridiculous. But it doesn't take much to turn things around in the NBA. We saw that here in Cleveland when a certain number 23 came back. Yeah, let's talk about the NFL and uh, coaching changes here in Berea. We'll do that with Daryl Ryder next right here at Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. So the AP Defensive Player of the Year, I'll give you the Browns that are here and then our own our Cleveland Sports Beat reporter Daryl Ryder will join shortly. Miles Garrett will be, the AP Defen- or, uh, will be up for AP Defensive Player of the Year. There's a stunner. AP... Uh, defense, let's see here. AP Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco, will be on there as well. AP okay. Coach of the Year will involve Kevin Stefanski. AP Assistant Coach of the Year, Jim Schwartz, will be one of those that might have a chance to be honored on that night as well. So a lot of Browns all over the place. I'm stunned that it's not Alex Van Pelt, Andy. Andy, how about executive? I joke. bet Daryl knows if we if we have uh, executives. Daryl on I, the line? Can I ask a, leg- a legit question? Well, ask Daryl. Hey, Daryl's yeah, on I don't know why I'm here. Dan just, you know, once again did the news for me. So, you know. I'm, all I just, right, all right. All right. No, I, I mean, I've been working on this all morning, was ready to go, and that's the whole reason why we didn't start at the top of the segment was so I could announce all this stuff. All right, Daryl, what do you think of this stuff anyway? And by the way, I thought, how are we looking? Did we get in there for executive of the year? Did Andrew get in or no? Uh, no. Oh, he didn't get in. Wow. Well, they haven't announced that part yet. They oh. they announced the on-the-field stuff. Oh, just on-field. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. So uh, so we're looking at what? Go ahead. Do this again. Four. Defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, coach of the year, assistant coach of the year. Right? That's what we know so far. And these are the real deals. Yeah. Well, no. that's uh, but This is weird, Daryl. We talked about this yesterday. This is AP. And, like, Miles Garrett – one defensive player of the year, but they were voted on by the Writers Association. Like, I don't. I wonder why the NFL values the AP more than they do the Writers Association. Help me well, out with they, that. The NFL's done AP for decades. That it's not about valuing one over the other. It's just the the AP awards are the ones that are officially recognized, and that's the one that they do for NFL honors. Let me let me ask you uh, what I, what I think is a legit question. Can a guy win comeback player of the year when he played in only six games? Yes. Okay. Why? Um, because he's the reason why the Browns made the playoffs. Okay. And he was sitting on a couch in mid-November. We think it was a recliner, but we'll go with couch. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I do think that's interesting. I And I, I, 
I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right one way or the other. I I just think it's really interesting because Joe played in what seven games total. He was outstanding, and I just think is that enough to make it happen? So if it is, good for him. That I think wouldn't that be a cool thing if you're Joe Flacco, Daryl, to add to your resume? Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Um, you know, I think that you know Demar Hamlin's probably going to be the sentimental favorite there. Um, you know, although uh, his play on the field was what it was, you know. he hadn't. I mean, he had a near death experience. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, that's he, coming was, back he, right there, Daryl. Right. So, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield's on the list. Matthew Stafford's on the list. Tua Tagovailoa is on the list. So, there's strong competition there. Um, you know, uh, for that particular award. I mean, look, there's there's strong competition with each one of these awards. Um, you look at assistant coach of the year, you know, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Bobby Slowick, Todd Munkin, all absolutely worthy uh, of those awards. You look at defensive player of the year. The good news is for Miles, he won the, the Pro Football Writers Award yesterday. And only once in the last 10 years has there been differing opinions on that particular award. So wow. that bodes well for him. But T.J. Watt, uh, Deron Bland, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, all worthy and sure. deserving of that. Um, Coach of the year, um, you know, I, I think Stefanski should win. But in there is D'Amico Ryans, who just had an incredible season with the Houston Texans. John Harbaugh, Dan Campbell, and then, of course, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, out there with the 49ers. So there's strong competition. Um, I, I would say the, the two strongest cases for, Brown, for the Browns would be Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. But impact on the field, I think, from my perspective, on my, uh, I voted for Flacco over Hamlin. I won Flacco one, Hamlin two. Because I feel on the field, impact matters just as much as the comeback. And I think that Flacco impacted the Browns on the field more than Hamlin impacted the Bills on the field, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Um, there's a ma I'm just curious about your thoughts on this, too, because there's a major announcement or a major concert coming to the stadium. Uh, that they're supposed to announce at 1 o'clock later as today. As soon as we're done talking, I will be hopping in my car to uh, head on down and uh, hopefully catch the mayor. Okay, so we're talking about a major concert. Look, I'm all for using the stadium. I'm just curious when this concert is going to be and how close to the season and how that's going to affect the field. Because the Stones yeah. are already coming, right? Yeah, and they're not putting turf in. <laughs> right. So They're not putting in an artificial surface. And, you know, a couple years ago, I was it Machine Gun Kelly? The, the, yeah, the, August, was a, the awesome concert. Like it was, I heard it, it was, it was amazing. In, it, but it was in the middle of the preseason, and the field was trash because the the, the grounds crew had six days to get that field in, right? Mm -hmm. And you typically need two weeks for that field to set in. I mean, the the Super Bowl field for Las Vegas was planted like a month ago, um, uh, out in Las Vegas mm -hmm. uh, for the grounds crew to work on. The good news is the Browns have one of, if not the best grounds crew in the National Football League. They do an outstanding job maintaining that surface and making sure that it's ready for play. Um, but, um, yeah, it, the timing of this concert will be interesting. 
Um, you know, hopefully it's like in the off season window. So that they have plenty of time to get everything set and settled. And, um, yeah. Um, but it, it's good. I mean that, you know, they're, they're, the Haslam's have said for years that they want to bring major events, uh, to that stadium. And, uh, each and every year we have announcements like this where they have, you know, major events uh, in that building. So that's good that it gets used more than just for football season. These Darryl, days. is this an accurate statement? The Browns have replaced one veteran experienced, respected running backs coach with another? Yeah, With, with Deuce Staley stepping in for Stump Mitchell? Yeah, it's, I mean, if you watch the Lions hard knock season last year, I think 2022 is when they were featured, first year Dan Campbell. Like, Staley was one of the stars of hard knock. And if you just watched the way he interacted with his players, you know, his position group, the running backs of the Lions, they're like, you're ready to, like, grab a football and run through a brick wall for him. So, yeah, I think that that's very fair to say, Jeff. Hey, Daryl, as we get set to watch the uh, conference championships this weekend, I know it'll be in the back of my mind, especially when I watch the AFC championship. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. How far away are the Browns? How far um, are they from Kansas City and Baltimore and being able to play in this game next year? Well, because they did not advance, um, they're further away than I think we want to believe that they are. Yeah. Um, it's an easier conversation to have if they had advanced and played at least in the divisional round. Similar to a couple years ago, we had the same conversation, right? Um, they were a couple of plays away from beating the Chiefs and getting back to the conference title game uh, for the first time since the 89 season. And, you know, it, it just didn't happen. But after that, right, we were talking about giving Baker Mayfield $300 million and making sure he's extended and building around him and, right, and how close they are. And, the, you know, they have the nucleus in place. They can get to the Super Bowl within the next two to three years and things like that. Well, what happened? Baker got hurt a couple of times. Uh, you know, the team finished below 500 in two consecutive seasons. They made a blockbuster trade to bring in Deshaun Watson to be that guy to get them over the hump, if you will, over the top. Because you have to have um, top flight quarterback play to be successful in the NFL and compete for Super Bowls. That's just the way it is. Um, and it is fair or not, um, it is incumbent upon the Browns and Watson to get him to that level, to get him playing like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen minus the interceptions and uh, Joe Burrow and, you know, the elite quarterbacks uh, out there. Um, because if he doesn't, right, if, if he is just average, even if he's able to play all 17 games and all that, right, but if he's just average, if he's middle of the pack, well, that's not why you gave up six draft picks and gave him a fully guaranteed $230 million contract. They made that trade with winning a Super Bowl or Super Bowls in mind. Daryl, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Good luck. Uh, keep us posted on what's going on uh, with the big announcement that's supposed to happen at 1 o'clock with a concert coming to Cleveland Brown Stadium. Thank you, Daryl. See you. See you. Thanks, Dean.
He is Daryl Ryder. Of course, he is our Browns beat reporter. He is also our sports reporter. What else would you call him? He covers a lot of things for the station. There you go. He covers everything. Browns are up for at least four awards. Defensive player of the year with Miles Garrett. Um, Comeback player of the year uh, with Joe Flacco. Coach of the year for Kevin Stefanski. And also uh, Schwartz up for assistant coach of the year. It's got to be interesting. Assistant coach of the year honor. That's... um, I don't know. It just seems kind yeah. of... Yeah. You know what all that'll get you? Fired at some point? There you go. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I kind of see it or also... Or if you're a player, replaced. You what, what's the late... It sounds like Carolina's got a coach now. Is this what the story is? Who's reporting this? Dan Menegan. This is coming from a couple different areas. Adam Schefter is the first one that I saw on it. That Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator for the... Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is now going to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Of course, Canales, one of the guys who stepped in, helped build that offense to help make Baker Mayfield look as good as he did this season, get the ball to Mike Evans, get the ball to Chris Godwin, all that kind of good stuff. Throw so, it high toward that guy in number 13. So that's, that would be – coordinating right there. Yeah, he, he was with Seattle a little bit earlier on, helped like Geno Smith. like 12 years, yeah. Yeah, helped Geno Smith get better, helped Baker Mayfield as well. So interesting. Right. So he – so the Carolina job was Frank Reich, and now it sounds like it's uh, Canales, Dan Canales. Who, by the way, I think Frank Reich's a good coach, man. Does he get rehired? So let me let – me well, He'll get let a me, job somewhere. Yeah, let me go through where we're at right now with well, all this coaching stuff. Can I throw one thing sure, in? Sure, yeah. I wonder – I wonder who takes that Carolina job. All right, Canales just takes it. Okay, but right. all along I thought, I wonder who takes that job. Mm-hmm. Is it a guy who has some experience and a lot of options, or is it a guy who gets, hey, we're going to make you a head coach in the NFL. What do you think about that, Cubby? And, oh, that's great. And then you got to go put up with Dave Tepper's you-know-what. Right. So that that's an interesting thing. This guy – was he on anybody else's radar for a head coach? I don't. Gig? I didn't hear his name once. I didn't either, I, and I'm, I might have missed it, but I've been paying attention to this stuff. I good for him. He did a really nice job in Tampa. The one thing about what he does offensively, think about what Pete Carroll did in Seattle for years when they had Russell Wilson, but they ran the ball a lot. He likes to run the ball. Their run offense was terrible in Tampa Bay, but that's what he likes to do. A little more conservative approach. That might be exactly what you could use with Bryce Young, not throw a, a 5'10 young guy into the heat of having to throw it 45, 50 times a game. Uh, Young's 5.5 yards per pass attempt in 2023 ranked as uh, fourth worst in NFL history. Yeah, he, he had a rough year. Wow. Um, okay, so oh, C.J. Stroud was lighting it up. Oops. Yeah. Huh. You, think, right, you so- think they missed there, by the way? Or was it just... Circumstances You're about to find out real quick, aren't you? Yeah, maybe. Uh, the Raiders then, Josh McDaniels out, Antonio Pierce. That was one of the openings. Mm-hmm. Uh, last 24 hours, we found out that the Chargers move on from Brandon Staley, essentially, to Jim Harbaugh yep. from Michigan, leaving Michigan an open. Um, Atlanta is still open. Arthur Smith was the head coach. Washington, Ron Rivera, is still open. The Titans move on from Vrabel to Brian Callahan. Seahawks still open after Pete Carroll is uh, out as the head coach there. And then the Patriots, Bill Belichick uh, out, but Jared Mayo in. So you've got three openings left, Jeff. Seattle, Washington, Atlanta. Does Bill Belichick land in any of those three? Not Atlanta. That's gone. So basically two. 
Washington. I think he has a. I think Seattle. Washington could be a fit for him. He's from. You know, he grew up in that area. All that stuff. To me, if I am any one of these three teams, I have a leading candidate. It's Mike Vrabel. I I. I if I'm Vrabel, there's no way I'm going to Carolina. So. That would have never worked. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, Vrabel would have popped a gasket working for Tepper, but Atlanta for Arthur Blank. I mean, if I if I'm Atlanta, would you want Bill Belichick or would you want Mike Vrabel? I'd I, rather have Vrabel. I, I'm curious to what Seattle's going to do. Their like structure. I see, yeah. I see Vrabel going to Seattle. Okay, I I could see that. Is uh, is geography an issue there? Not nah, why? Who cares? Oh, maybe he does. It's the NFL. I mean, yeah, I know, but maybe, maybe he cares. Well, I mean, you you also have to hope that two teams want you. I mean, it doesn't matter if Seattle's like, yeah, he's our guy. He's the guy. Geography doesn't matter at all. I'll be ahead well, of the no, it, it, Timbuktu Tigers, man. I'll be I'll be their head coach if that means I'm in the NFL. Forgive me. Let me give you a quaint thought. Sure. Um, dad, kid. You have kids. You have your parents are here. Maybe you want you know. Maybe you want your if you have your druthers, you'd rather be in the same time zone as your parents so that they can be a factor in your kids' lives. I know that's a quaint little naive notion. I, I, I think that that just does not play at all in well, the NFL. Maybe, you, I, maybe just, but, no, but I if mean, it's one Jeff, or the we, other, but these guys live in Berea twenty four seven. They would move I, here to be a copier. I didn't. Someone who I makes didn't, copies. I didn't you know? mention him, as you notice. I right. mentioned kids. And grandparents no, I and everything else. I just, I, I, I just threw that out there. I, I, if it's, if I have my choice of Seattle or Atlanta, and they're going to pay me about the same, maybe that's a factor. I just threw that out. I'm not yeah. saying that's that's the deciding factor. I'm thinking maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, if it would be for me. I mean, if you're Vrabel and you still got family here, you're like, I, Alaska has daily flights out there. Don't they even go from here to Seattle? I'm just saying. Like I just the, the these jobs, these NFL head coaching jobs are just not real world jobs. Yeah, I know, but Andy, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, having a family was, is real world. If you want your I'm ta- I don't think it I, is I'm, for I'm these just guys. Throw, I just threw that out there. It could maybe it's a factor. If you had your choice of the jobs, and then and then it could be this. Do I want to work for Paul Allen's sister who just blew up Pete Carroll? Right. Or do I want to work for Arthur Blank, who writes blank checks and stays out of the way? Well, that is way more realistic no, well, than I think uh, I'm no, your family's I, over. Andy, yeah, yeah. The family thing was just a thought. I'm, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of factors. We forget that these people are actually human beings with families, and you have kids who might want to see their grandparents and vice versa. Maybe that's important to oh, somebody. I mean, how would you like to be Stefanski's kids? You know, you or any coaching, any uh, kid of a coach here in Northeast Ohio, or the wife. I mean, like, there we live in this fantasy world out here of what we think a coach is, what a player is, how expendable they are, or you know, just disposable they are. And to those kids, you know, they're oh, I, I heard your dad might get fired today. It doesn't yeah, matter what. How, how's that is. feel at school? Yeah, I mean, but that's part of the life. Like, that sure. you have to make sure your kids know that. Um, and I understand what you're saying. I just don't. I just don't think it plays. I, I just don't. I, I'm. I'm sure there are coaches that walk into coach's office and and they're like, hey, what are you up to? Uh, nothing. Hey, I got to fire you. How come? I just got to fire you. I have no reason at all. Or maybe you looked at somebody the wrong way. 
or maybe there's politics in it, or that's the problem with these jobs that everybody wants. You know, there just are so few head coaching jobs in the NFL. There are so few coordinator jobs in the NFL. There are so few, you know, special assistant to the defensive secretary secretary. There are a lot of spots open. No, there really aren't. There really aren't. You know how many head coaching jobs there are? 32. That's right. Although right now there's three available. You could you could see Vrabel pull a Mike McCarthy. I'm going to kick back for a year. If I'm him, I don't want to stay out too long. Well, you, but you've got to be offered a job. Unless he wants a college job. You have to be offered a job. Here, I'll throw a crazy one at you. Vrabel to Michigan. Although it sounds like they made their that hire. That wouldn't happen. It's not. They already made their hire. But I'm just... You know, all of the things are on the table when you see that there's an opening. And if Michigan offered Mike Vrabel like 10 times what everybody else was making, sorry, guys. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I love the loyalty. And when you're in the moment and you're playing, that's one thing. But when it comes to the world of getting paid, that's the other one. And I think most people, the, the days of Woody Hayes are long over. We're not busing over to Ann Arbor because we don't want to spend any money in Michigan. We're not even going to stop and get gas there. Okay, I got you. Rodney's in Cleveland. Hey, Rodney. Hi, Rodney. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, man? I just want to talk about uh, the coordinator uh, the coordinator thing with uh, sure. the Browns. Yep. You know, they're looking for offensive coordinator. I don't understand why they're looking for offensive coordinator. You know, and they, and they keep looking for these coordinators that and they haven't made an impact in the NFL. They just regular coordinators, you know, coming from one job to another. To me, Shanahan's done a pretty good job since he left here. Who? Kyle Shanahan's done a pretty good job since he left here. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about these these uh, coordinators that the Browns are interviewing. Oh, oh okay. Have, I'm sorry. I was going the other way. My bad. No, I'm talking about the coordinators that the Browns are interviewing for. The, um, from to me. Alex Van Pelt was just as good as these guys. They they are uh, interviewing, and Kevin Stefanski is better than the guys they're interviewing, too. I would rather stick with Kevin Stefanski if I get any of these guys because ain't none of them never done nothing, never made an impact in the NFL. You know, you ain't, I mean, I could see if we was picking up a coordinator, like, a, you know, just to use these guys as examples because the type of coordinators they were, like North Turner or – Mike March or something like that. Yeah, that's a different. That's yeah. I would. Uh, that's an upgrade. But these guys, they interviewing. Some of them ain't never been offensive coordinators, so I don't understand this move. Well, if you're going, and this is Roddy, and this is the only way that I can explain it. If Kevin Stefanski is going to continue to call plays, then it's an offensive coordinator's position that's kind of handcuffed a little bit. So you would get someone who's who's upwardly mobile in the NFL that's looking for that next opportunity that might be a quarterback coach or a wide receiver coach or or doing something that's, you know, somewhere down the line as assistant coaches were. Now you got the opportunity to be the offensive coordinator without the responsibility of having to call plays. Right. Okay. That's that's one and I that, and I kind of think we're in that spot. Don't you guys? Yeah, but but you know, honestly, I would just say, you know, might as well let Kevin keep doing it. You know, just get just get this guy. Unless Kevin's just gonna hire this guy to be his assistant and just move him up. But other than that, to me, Kevin is better than all the guys we interviewing. So I just keep Kevin. And then I want to also pivot to this about uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, to me, what he got to stop doing, he needs to stop complaining. 
Stop complaining. Stop getting on the podium talking about you getting double teamed and all that because you ain't the first defensive end or the first defensive star in the NFL that got double teamed. They've been doing that since the 60s, double teaming the best defensive Yeah, player. double team would be one thing. Getting tackled is another. And I don't remember yeah, him. I mean, I mean, I, I mean Rodney, I'm not trying to argue with you, but – I mean, yes, I may, we don't want to see guys complain. I, I'm with you on that. That's not an argument. But, yeah, I mean, I if you've seen – you've watched the video of him getting tackled on the way to the quarterback. Like, you're going to tell me that's not holding? And why yeah, they – and, and I also think, Rodney, that his point was we saw all these quarterbacks get hurt in the beginning of the season, and the league was, like, going to do whatever they could to protect them, including allowing teams to hold. And that was his point. The problem is – he, how many holding calls were there on on Miles after he said something at the podium? Two, three, at the most. And we watched all these games. I don't remember too many holding calls going, you know, in his favor after that happened. So it may have backfired a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see if he wins Defensive Player of the Year uh, awards Thursday night before the Super Bowl and NFL honors because he is a nominee. Um, let's come back. Let's talk about those NFL honors and the. Places where we now have Browns who are up for awards. So let's go do that next. 216-474-0092, Baskin and Phelps. All right, so I'm just looking through some of these awards that the uh, NFL, the, the finalists that they'll uh, present at the NFL Honors the Thursday before the Super Bowl. I, I have to Do you care about these things? Well, I, I'm going to ask I know you. we're talking about them. Do, do you really care? Um, I, 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 yeah, because I think when one nice. of these guys gets fired in a year, we'll go back and go, do you remember when they were the coach of the year? Do you remember when they were the player of the year? All oh, the player of the year. How about the assistant coach of the year? I, I, I look at some of these things. Well, I'll tell you the nominees. I'm going to take a quick phone call. And then we're, then we're, I don't know. Is it a list? I wonder if I need music or not. That's No, you don't need music. Isaac's in Shaker Heights. Hey, Isaac. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, listen, um, I'm hearing about these calls, and I might be a little off subject here, about the offensive coordinator job for the Browns. Um, I'm just wondering, all, of all the interviews and all the – things that we had in the past with uh, Alex Van Pelt, uh, him being having a job. Why do we even need, and, and maybe I'm just don't, don't know, uh, why do we even need an offensive coordinator if Stefanski is calling all the plays? Is it to, to make, get his paperwork ready? Isaac, uh, I think that the, is a great question. Jeff, answer. During the week, I, and I'm assuming this, Please. okay? Kevin's got a lot of stuff he has to do. He's got to talk to the media every day. He's, you know, he's dealing with the front office. He, he has all of those head coaching responsibilities. I like a follow-up question, Jeff. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, no I problem. Hang up. Isaac, okay, go ahead. He's got to he's got to coordinate. He has to coordinate things during the week and have the offense all good to go. And he does that. The coordinator does that in collaboration with the head coach, and then the head coach on game day does, you know, does the play calling. For instance, in Kansas City, for years, Eric Bieniemy worked as the offensive coordinator, and then Andy Reid called plays. And now it's who? Matt Nagy, right? Same same deal. And Matt Nagy coordinates the offense. And, I mean, you put it all together with the input from the head coach, and then you kind of turn it over. That might be a little deflating for that offensive coordinator, but yeah. there's a, there's a lot of work to be done, Isaac, during the week, and that's it's, why it, that's why you need an offensive. I, coordinator. Isaac, it almost it, sounds it, like when it, when the head coach is calling the plays, you're more of the offensive assistant than you are the me. offensive coordinator. Does that sound right to you? Because that's the way it, it reads to me, right? That sounds 
that sounds right. And here's my other question, real quick, and then I'll let you get. So, and I, I, I know that these jobs are, are. I mean, it's only so many. I know that. But if I'm an offensive coordinator already, and I'm calling the plays, why would I want to come to the Browns for somebody else to call a place where I can just carry the briefcase? Bingo, you know I agree. Saying? Yeah, bingo, Isaac. Yeah, that's not happening. You're I, right. I mean, you so, got so, it. So you're getting. So you're getting. I guess the, the, my point is. You're not getting an offensive coordinator. All you're getting is a secretarial position. No, 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 no. There's there there actually is more to it, Isaac. And here's the other thing. It's more of a producer. I would be a little sarcastic, Jill. No, no, Isaac, you're I get what you're saying, but here's another reason that we haven't brought up about this whole thing. We're we're hung up on play calling and everything else. Right. Isaac, how would you like to make seven figures a year? I'll take it. Okay, there you go. Here's my briefcase. That's that's why. Yeah, hey, Kev, here you go, buddy. Here's our offensive game plan. You need many, anything? Check. I'm right over here. Check in with me during the game. Creams? How many creams? <laughs> yeah, I got creams. That's great. Oh, I can stir that for you. No problem. Bye, Isaac. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Isaac. That was great. Um. All right. So how let me go through creams? some of these. How many creams, awards. Danny? Uh, for me? Yeah. Two. Really? Yeah, how many? I'm a. What no, about you? Not even, not even one. I got to tell you, with the homebrew stuff now, I, yeah. I've been doing flavoring, so I'm totally like avoiding. Well, that stuff's bad. It has that, that fructose. That's no, no, stuff. no. The not the sugar free stuff. All right, all right. So like, I've been taking the hazelnut. And okay. Just kind of pouring that in there a little all right, bit. All right. It's good stuff. All right. But I, like, I like, I can't do. I used to be a sugar in my coffee. I, I asked you I just like how again. many creams. I didn't need the whole thing. How dare you! <laughs> You crossed the coffee line with me. You let me swim into the middle of the lake and then reminded me I can't swim, and now I'm here in the middle of the lake by myself. Menigan, do I have to put up with this? No, he put the quarter in a jukebox. You got to let the full song play. Oh, God. If you're going to ask me about the coffee and how many creams, I'm yeah. going to tell you how I like to drink my yeah, coffee. Yeah, well, I was noticing. So let me guess. How does Jeff Phelps drink coffee? I didn't until I was 49. Okay, no now one just asked. A, now just wait a, a second. I'm sorry. Did anyone in the room say a little bit of Jeff, cream? When did you start drinking coffee? A little bit of cream. That's it, right? No sugar. Yeah. No. No sweetener. No. No nothing. No. How about? You know, do you ever go buy a fancy coffee there? Or? No. Can't do that. No. Would let you me, put a little hazelnut, vanilla, me, put some flavoring some more in there? Money down the commode. I'd like a fufu coffee, please. Wow, the fufu coffee community is not happy with you. Right I'm now. sure they're not. Sometimes you just need that. You see my daughter's checking account, and it's like, 10 bucks again today? Really? Menigan coffee? Black. Straight? Large. There's the black. easy way to go. That's it? Yep. Mm. Biggest size you'll sell me? Black. There you go. Jake? I can't believe I just spent three minutes talking about coffee. Go. I don't drink coffee, but maybe at age 49 I will. I'm there you, you go. You know what's weird? There you go. I hate to agree to with Jeff goals. on this. I didn't start drinking until till we had kids. Yeah. After we had kids, that's when I started drinking because I was never a coffee guy at all. And then all of a sudden, and then my wife converted me to just a little bit of cream, and that's it. And that, then better for you that. One. And then I was allowed to bring back the uh, to put some hazelnut or just put it, just splash that stuff okay. in there. All right, AP Most Valuable Player. Um, that is one of the awards, and there are no Browns in there. I know you were concerned about that. Did, can we do a little music? There we go. Oh, oh, I thought I heard a little. I thought Why don't I you have some coffee with that, too? Oh, you know, actually, I'm drinking tea again today, which now you've been making fun of. 
I got something. Jeff, just tell me who like the winner. Who's the, who's the most valuable player? We just tell me. Josh Allen, Lamar uh, Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. Can I even tell you the other guys? Like, can we let the folks know? Jeff, oh, I'm you here. just told me. You working. just asked me who is the MVP. Jeff, I've been working all morning to have Dan print out this list, and now I have all the names in front of me. Oh, good luck on your next podcast. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Baskin cast. Again, your nominees. You need Eli to bounce off of. Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Jeff you, you asked me who the MVP was. I told you. And then well, I, I didn't even tell at. you who the nominees were yet. You didn't ask. You didn't tell me. You asked me who the MVP was. Who'd you pick? Lamar Jackson? We're doing yeah. great today, yeah, by I the did. way. I said asks. Lamar Jackson, too. Well, good. Dan? I have spent all day looking at these names. You will give me an answer. Lamar. Yeah, I guess say Lamar. I don't it's, know how Lamar does Lamar. Lamar. All right. I think it's going to be interesting for Coach of the Year. Uh, Campbell, Harbaugh, Ryan, Shanahan, Stefanski. You're not going to like this. D'Amico Ryans. Dan Campbell. Ooh. I think that storyline all season long caught the attention of folks. Now, I think, I think Kevin Stefanski in season did the best coaching job in the NFL. I think Dan Campbell will win the award because the Lions getting into the playoffs, that's a great story, man. And the way they did it, biting kneecaps and all. I I don't know, but the this is all voted on before the... No, I, I know it is. They were really good, really fun. Dan, who wins? Just give me an answer. Stefanski. I'm going to say Ryan's. Although, if the playoff came for sure, it would have been with Ryan's. All right, I've got more of these. We'll do more. This is going to be outstanding. It's going to be fun. We'll do more of this after we talk to Nick Costos, Odyssey Sports betting insider. That's next. Baskin and Phelps 92.3 The Fan. On the line is the host of You Better, You Bet and Odyssey Sports betting insider, Nick Costos. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better, You Bet podcast. Search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, Nick. How are you? What's going on, guys? How are we doing today? Oh, you are crazy. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm bummed because I only see two games on the schedule this week. And it's like we've had so much great football over the last, you know, months and now we're down to two. It's a little depressing, isn't it? Just yeah, it sucks. Uh, football's the absolute best. And I, I love all the sports, right? So we'll get into basketball season, hockey season, NCAA tournament, baseball. For the people that are into soccer, the Euro Cup is this summer. And I love that. I know not everybody does, but I think that's really great. But uh, but nothing nothing's like football. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we won't have any until August. So let's enjoy it while we can. Now, the good news is I think we should have two pretty fun games this Sunday. Yeah, there's always geriatric pickleball, too. We could probably find something to bet on there. Yeah, I, I guess like people are like really into that. I, I've never played before. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I think like that's starting to get really popular, right? It's super. It's been super hot for more than a year now. You start seeing these like basketball courts that were that were basketball courts that they're turning city pickleball I, I, who knows all right and let's I, and, and i and i like pickles so i think i could be into it and see that'd be okay big <laughs> kosher ones though so those are the best ones um let's go chiefs ravens first your thoughts on that game um let me ask you guys a question if that's all right sure about this game yep um and i would encourage the people listening to kind of ask yourself well i'll ask the question just to answer the question i guess do you guys think the regular season matters when it comes to handicapping this game no, I don't okay. think so either. Yeah. So if the answer to that question is no, 
I think it likely leads, and it's, and by it does not mean that like the bet's going to win. I think it leads you to liking Kansas City in the game because mm-hmm. if you if you think the regular season should matter and like the body the full body of work, and it's okay if like if if you out there listening if you think it does, and if you do think that, then Baltimore needs to be a bigger favorite than this against Kansas City. Ravens best team in the NFL all season. San Francisco second best, and the Ravens went to their house on Christmas night and absolutely thumped them. Like, Baltimore should be more more than a three-and-a-half or a four-point favorite in this game based off rating and what we've seen thus far this season. And the Ravens obviously smashed the Texans last week as they were expected to do. But I think the thing that's tripping betters up, the thing that's tripping you guys up, it sounds like, with that train of thought, and candidly, what's tripping me up is, uh, you know, the dragon wearing number 15 in red on, on the other side. It's Patrick Mahomes. And just kind of like his ability to kind of like almost like snap his fingers and kind of like bend things to his will, and it almost doesn't matter what the situation is, you know that you've got Patrick Mahomes and that's the guy you'd rather bet on. And it's not meant to be an insult to Lamar Jackson, who's going to win his second MVP and deserves to win his second MVP. One of the best football players in the league, regardless of position, certainly one of the best quarterbacks. But he's not Mahomes. Nobody is. So if you're going to tell me that I can bet Patrick Mahomes, and if Patrick Mahomes loses by three points, the most common margin of victory, and the most likely outcome in the game, let's be honest, is Baltimore winning by three. Ravens are at home. The Ravens are better. And I still win my bet on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, It's a bet that I'm willing to place. I'll take the three and a half with the Chiefs. I'm willing to be wrong. We've seen the Ravens blow out good teams all season. Maybe Kansas City is another in that long line on Baltimore's uh, march to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, I feel more comfortable betting on the great Patrick Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs getting the three and a half or the four. I would think that there are some crazy prop bets around Lamar Jackson for this game too, Nick. Would that be accurate? Uh, yeah, I mean, once we get this deep in the season, there you can bet prop bets on basically a- almost anything, right? Certainly once we get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I can tell people that Lamar Jackson's passing yards prop for this game is 208.5, which will sound low, but I think he threw for like 150 last week. He could run for 100 yards also, just kind of how the Ravens' offense works. Uh, Lamar rushing yards in the game, 63.5. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't bet the under on Lamar Jackson of rushing yards in this particular yeah. game. The prop that I would look at, um, and it's it's kind of a narrative play, um, but it was the the first two weeks also of the postseason, and he went over both times. Would be Travis Kelsey uh, receiving yards. He's lined in this game, guys, at sixty two and a half. He smashed the Dolphins two weeks ago, went over and scored a couple touchdowns against the Bills last week. He's just a big time player in a big time game. And the Baltimore defense is not the same as injury-depleted Miami and injury-depleted Buffalo. But, I mean, we're talking about a first-ballot Hall of Fame player. I expect him to show up and show out with Mahomes in this game. And, look, like I do with any bet, I'm willing to lose when I click the button, but I'll feel really good about that bet that I place. I'll take the over on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's halftime the uh, over-under on Jason Kelsey dropping his shirt. Do we know? Uh, Do we know? I'm guessing he'll be at the game, right? Uh, We're talking to his dad tomorrow on our show, so we'll 100 percent make sure but i believe he is going i thought i heard yeah, that what, a, what a psychopath in like the best possible way <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i have shocked. a feeling that that the baltimore fans will not be as hospitable as the buffalo fans were it's just my guess <laughs> oh no especially because he's from cleveland and it's baltimore too so i can only imagine what that's going to be like yep i mean there's pictures of him running around in uh brown's uniform when he's well, a little kid. Too, yes, so. well, I'm, I'm sure the Ravens fans will take very kindly to shirtless Travis, uh, Jason Kelsey, whose brother is playing on the team trying to knock them out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah they'll be hospitable. I'm That'll sure. be fun. Oh, they'll be great guests, the Ravens fans.
Yeah, we'll see. All right, NFC, Lions, Niners. Uh, I, by the way, as a Giants fan, I've been to Giants-Ravens games in Baltimore, and uh, they were not the most pleasant guests. Oh. And, and, you know what? and you know what? They don't have to be, honestly, because oh. oh, that's totally fine. Yeah, why, um, why would you feel good? You stole somebody else's team. You've been living on that history I, for years. I, I, I agree, and I think Browns fans certainly have a right to hate them. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, oh, Nick, you are loved in Cleveland. Keep going. I, I don't even think – I'm not even saying that to pander. I, I would hate them if I – Pander all you want. We love it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, our Art Modell passed away, obviously. We can just we can leave all of this alone. Boom, uh, keep going. You got not, it. Niners and the Lions. Um, all right. So if you're out there listening and you like Detroit in the game, well, before I got to give you my handicap, I, I just I want to report what's happened in the betting market here because I think this is pretty interesting. Um, so earlier today and for much of the week, we have seen San Francisco be favored in the game by close to a touchdown, like in between six and a half and seven. For people that hear that and don't know what that means, it means like not quite enough money to push them out to seven, but more money than than for them to be a six and a half point favorite. Meaning if you want to bet San Francisco six and a half, you pay more. If you want to bet Detroit plus seven, you have to pay more. Now we are seeing a betting market where San Francisco is just about a seven and a half point home favorite in the game, which is a really big move. So we've gone through the key number of seven, right? Think about how scoring in the NFL works, three and seven, the most important numbers. So distilling that down, kind of like for an audience, if you're out there and you don't know what all of this means, it means that a lot of money has been bet on the San Francisco 49ers over the course of the last, let's call it like two hours. Now, I don't know what the reason for that is yet, Maybe there's optimism around Debo Samuel's availability for the game. He obviously matters a lot, right? And he's questionable, maybe like a 50-50 call as it stands right now. Maybe it's just organic interest in the San Francisco 49ers here. So I have I have a little homework to do, like once I'm done with you guys, basically before my show starts, trying to figure out why this move was made. So just wanted to report that before I give you my handicap for the game. As far as the game itself is concerned, um, I I really like the over. I see no way almost that both offenses don't score a lot of points. Well, I guess the way it could happen is the Lions go for a couple fourth downs and don't get them, and San Francisco just runs for 200 yards in the game, which is possible, right? But I think both offenses are going to have success. It won't be raining. Brock Purdy's going to play a lot better than he did last weekend. And Jared Goff has been there and done that. He's won an NFC championship already. I expect Goff to play well. So I think this will be a high-scoring game, and I do like the over. And I'll say to anyone out there that thinks the Lions can keep the game close— my advice would be bet Detroit to win the game if you think this is going to be a really close game. And the rationale, guys, is we know that Dan Campbell is going to go forward on fourth downs. Maybe we'll see a fake punt in this game. He's going to be really aggressive. That's kind of his nature. And on the flip side, and Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, Shanahan gets really conservative in the big moments. I think he gets really tight and kind of like sends out the punt unit too much, kicks field goals when I think he should go for it. And there's going to be a chance for the Lions to steal some possessions in this game, guys, and maybe just like steal the outright victory here from San Francisco. Now, the flip side of that coin is the Lions bust on all these decisions. They go forward on fourth and goal from the four. They don't get it. They run a fake punt in their own territory. They don't get it. And the Niners just avalanche them, right? Which is why I'm saying I, I don't know if Detroit losing by three is like a very likely outcome. I almost think Detroit wins or they lose by ten. So I just wanted to offer that insight. I kind of think the Lions have a chance to win the game. I'm going to have a ticket on Detroit to win the game in addition to a ticket on the over, guys. If you were a betting man, Nick, what what happens? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I was kind of just setting it up that way, making sure you. Know yeah. That. Okay. Good. Uh, what what's Bill Belichick doing next year? Um, probably hanging out in Nantucket would be my guess. I I don't think 
he's going to get a head coaching job. Um, and I think kind of like the, and I'm willing to be wrong with anything. Like Atlanta could hire him this afternoon. That could happen. I kind of feel like the writing's on the wall a little bit at this point. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet. It happened like 20 minutes ago. Uh, the Carolina Panthers filled their head coaching vacancy. They hired Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales uh, as their new head coach. So we've seen Carolina hire a head coach this week. The Raiders named Antonio Pierce their, their permanent head coach. The Titans hired Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. The Cowboys retained Mike McCarthy. The Eagles retain Nick Sirianni. It looks like the Bills are going to retain Sean McDermott. So in this game of musical chairs, and, and obviously the Chargers hired Jim Harbaugh, wh- where is Belichick going? And here would be my other question. The Falcons have interviewed Bill Belichick twice, like two separate times. If they really felt that strongly, and like it's possible they're just doing their due diligence, right, and they'll, they'll circle back and hire him. Why, why do you need to interview Bill Belichick twice? And then, and, and then interview. They've interviewed guys. This is this is not hyperbole. This is the number. They've interviewed fourteen candidates to be their head coach. Now compare and contrast this with what the Tennessee Titans did. The Titans were so worried about Brian Callahan, and I'm not trying to dismiss Brian Callahan. He might be a great head coach, but he's Brian Callahan, right? They they were so worried about the Panthers hiring Brian Callahan that they didn't let him out of the building. And made Brian Callahan, Callahan their head coach. Compare and contrast with the Atlanta Falcons, who not only let Bill Belichick leave the building, but have interviewed basically like everyone else under the sun for the head coaching job. Does that sound like a team that wants to hire Bill Belichick? Why no? So I'm not, I'm not saying it won't happen. It could. Just that doesn't it feel like at this point right now, this dude's not going to be a head coach next season in the NFL. All right, last question. Then, where do you think Vrabel lands? Because uh, NFL Network reported that you know Vrabel met with the Falcons yesterday, and uh, he's a Cleveland guy too, or a Northeast Ohio guy, played for the Buckeyes. So, yeah, uh, where would, do you think he goes? You know, I I think the Ohio. I don't know what's happening with Ohio. My guess would be Ohio State threw a big party yesterday, right when Jeb Harbaugh got named the head coach of the Chargers. I can he's tell you, the person sitting behind the microphone speaking to you right now was pretty excited about it. So, so do do you guys think there's any chance that Ohio State would fire Ryan Day and hire Mike Vrabel? No. I don't think I don't know. No, either. no, not with the new athletic director. Then it's not cool. Happening. And like, and I, by the way, this is not a shot at Ohio State. I love that their strategy right now is to just buy the best players to try and win a national championship. <laughs> I mean that sincerely. I would love it if that were the team. They're that the I first for. college football team to do it above the table. How's that sound? Hey, listen, like, like I said, I, I mean that I, sincerely. No criticism whatsoever. Um, I don't even want to give you guys a guess as to where I, because like I, I'm literally, I'm just pulling it out of thin air. I, I don't. I guess like he could it. If Seattle decides, I think Seattle's the interesting one here. If the Seahawks decide, guys, that they don't want to go with, because like they just moved on from Pete Carroll, in what feels like a somewhat messy situation, where Carroll kind of made it pretty clear that he didn't want to like step down, like he wanted to keep coaching. Like, why would Seattle then hire like Pete Carroll's like disciple in Dan Quinn? Like, that's what kind of doesn't add up to me. So I could be way off on this. They could hire Quinn today. If I had to guess where Vrabel ends up, uh, I would guess that Mike Vrabel ends up as the head coach of the Seahawks. But that is a total guess from me with zero information. All right, Nick. That's it. That's all we got. So you think going to the Super Bowl, just give me your two teams going to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it'll be, and look, I mean, it could easily be the Ravens and Niners. They've been the best two teams all season. I'll take the Chiefs and the Lions in a rematch of the 2023 um, season opener. Um, and if that's the case, uh, there are look-ahead markets, guys, for every Super Bowl matchup. If that's the matchup, 
and it opens Kansas City as a three-point favorite against Detroit, I'm going to be like George Costanza when, like, there's that fire in that building, and he's pushing <laughs> over, like, old ladies. That'll be me pushing over, like, women and children to make a bet on Kansas City minus three in the Super Bowl against Detroit. So I'll say Kansas City, Detroit. It would not shock me, however, if it were Baltimore and San Francisco. All right, just make sure you don't have the World Series trophy tied to the back of your car. <laughs> we're good to go, bro. Not, especially not the Yankees World Series trophy. Say goodbye, my friend. Wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. Cleveland Brown Stadium. So that Sunday they play football. The Piano Man. My guess is, well, they're not going to play the Piano Man. They're going to play football. Wouldn't it be great? But my guess is he could smash the guitar. Or Rod Stewart. Who do you want to smash the guitar? They're not going to play on September 15th at Cleveland Brown Stadium. So we kind of hashed this out. All right. So what the season is going to be an away game on September 15th. I'd have an away game the following week. Give Give it two weeks plus to get to normal. Right. So you would assume then the Browns are probably going to be home the week before, right? So not the fifth, not the they open, would be open home at home eighth. on the road for two. So probably at home on the eighth, on the road the fifteenth, on the road for the twenty second. I would think. Keep your fingers crossed that the new sod has taken root by the time you get to the twenty ninth. All I know is that every time the sod is bad news in the middle, of the, it's nothing against the guys working on the field. I think they do a great job, and they they hustle, man, after the game. Heck yeah. Um, Jamal White always talks about a guy who actually ran on the field that the middle of the field always seems to get messed up because of the way they did that the pipes underneath the grass. For some reason, the heating element makes it really tough to grow grass in the middle of the field. Because of the way, or that some something with the drainage or heat, when they originally built the stadium, hmm. and he said it was he, he was like, he, he's talked to me before about it about being on the hashes, and he's like, you know, it's always easier to run to the outside because the middle of the field would get soft or they would have issues. And now you're talking about having a concert on September fifteenth, September thirteenth. Sorry. Well, you know, when it comes to NFL fields, Andy, they go to extremes. Yeah, look, I didn't start the fire in this conversation, <laughs> but I'm telling you. Way to catch on. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> hey, look, you know, it's my life. I want to, if I want to go down there and play football. I... Look, I don't care what you have to say, whether it's a bottle of red or a bottle of white. I mean, it doesn't, we can argue this at an Italian restaurant anytime you want. Hey, but what I'm saying please, is, I don't know the best time to play this game. We can't take any more stick. Look, Andy, I know a lot of people say bad things about you, but I love you just the way you are. Please, we can't take any more stick. You should watch out because sometimes you start throwing stones living in glass houses. Was that actually a song or just the album? Tell you what, though. Yeah, it's just the album. When it comes to that that game afterwards, that that grounds crew is going to feel pressure to get that field ready. Please, we can't take any more stick. I know I know more songs. I'm done. Listen, man, just you, he won. Just don't ask me why. Hey, you may be right or you might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Done with it. Yes, get over it. By the way, don't ask me why it might be oh, my favorite oh. Billy Joel song. Um, it's not, it's not one of the biggest hits. I just love that I song. I don't know, man. You had to be such a big shot, didn't you? Get on with it. Yeah, I'm done. The Cuyahoga River of Dreams. Um, how far away are the Browns? <laughs> As I can't even. Hang on, I'm I'm taking Dominic's call on these rods. Hi, Dominic. How are you? Good Hi, morning, Dom. guys. How you doing? 
doing? Good, uh, good. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, on these after end of year awards and so forth, uh, for the most part, I got to tell you something. I, I don't give a damn about these things. Uh, you know, I care about just like you guys winning football games. That's what I want. But I do care. I, I you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I do care for uh, for Miles because this guy works so hard, and I presume that him getting that award might be worth, uh, you know, financially uh, something for him, I would guess, in his contract, or I would hope. And, uh, you know, but as far as these other things, I mean, uh, the assistant coach thing, I know everybody was gushing over this guy all year, but uh, he failed us in the last game. Let's face it, our, our defense got murdered. I know he wasn't the guy out there, but I didn't see any uh, 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 in-game adjustments that were made anyway. We got killed all day. And he's just uh, been waiting in the wings to get the uh, the head coach's job, but he's not going to get it here because Kevin's going to get extended, and that'll, that'll, then the uh, the D.C., you know, he'll be gone. But right, I, care about winning, I care about winning football games. Oh, and I mean – uh, Flacco, listen, thanks, Joe, for the help. But, you know, Flacco is not one of us. Let's not get a little crazy here. I Flacco don't know. We had no the, problem rooting for him. I saw plenty well, of Browns jerseys with Flacco on the back of him. Saw his name on billboards, Dominic. Yeah. Billboards, man. Yeah, well, he's he's back to being the enemy. This guy was from Baltimore. You know, of all the guys that the, that they brought in, and, you know, I'm not so sure Bichette couldn't have done the same thing. Honest to God, I, I, I feel like he could have. I'd almost wish they would get him back if they could. But I don't care about the awards. Dominic, we love you. I don't agree with you always uh, on a couple of your takes here, but we love you. We love you, man. Take care. Even Shemansky's not one of us. Oh, Shemansky. Thank you, Dominic. (laughs) That's a new one. Write that down. It's Stepanski. Shemansky. Come on. Stepanovich. That was Alex. It's been a while. Yeah, I know, but I thought I'd throw it out anyway. Man, that kid could wrestle, too. Woo. Um... All right, so when we watch the AFC Championship here, okay, I think one of the things that go through your mind, I know they go through my mind, is how far away are the Browns from getting to this next point, from trying to get to the AFC Championship, right? We're kind of all there, right? So I asked Daryl Ryder that question. Well, because they did not advance, they're further away than I think we want to believe that they are. It's an easier conversation to have if they had advanced and played at least in the divisional round. Similar to a couple years ago, we had the same conversation, right? Um, they were a couple of plays away from beating the Chiefs and getting back to the conference title game. You have to have top-flight quarterback play to be successful in the NFL and compete for Super Bowls. That's just the way it is. It is fair or not, it is incumbent upon the Browns and Watson to get him to that level. You think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. You you brought you brought Deshaun Watson here to make a difference. But the, the one thing I'd, I'd I'd say like Detroit last year, they were nine and eight. Okay. Now they they're one win away from the Super Bowl. I, things can change a little bit more quickly. I think sometimes in the NFL. On the other hand, Baltimore is always good. There's Baltimore. San Francisco's always. You know, they're on a really good stretch. There they are. Kansas City, six straight conference championship games. There they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, 
I still want to believe that Deshaun Watson's going to be everything we want him to be going into next year. Like I, I, I had a conversation with one of my friends, and they're like, I'm worried about next year. Like they don't think the Browns are going to be as good as they were this year, next year. And I'm like, I don't know how you can say that now. We don't know who they're bringing back yet. We don't know who they're going to draft, even though they don't have first-round draft pick. But who knows? I mean, you just don't know today. Yeah, you could be a better team next year and win 10 games and miss the playoffs. And, and you could make that argument based on the fact so many guys missed, you know, it, they they missed season or missed a good chunk of the season because of injury. And yet they still won 11 games. So a lot of good fortune in the season for the Browns. You could be better, just have things not go your way and be 10 and 7 and, and miss out. Be 9 and 8, miss out. Daryl brought up something in the podcast yesterday that just kind of, it just irks me. Do you realize we're the only city that's had nothing to do with the Super Bowl? Do you know what that means? So there are four teams that haven't played. They had one in Detroit. They had one in all three Mm -hmm. of the other cities. Houston's had one. Jacksonville's had one. And Detroit. Yeah, Houston's had more than a few. Right. They had one at Rice Stadium back in the day. A Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just it, it's the these little things that come up during championship weekend and during the Super Bowl and then they circle back to the Browns on them. They're just aggravating. Like the, obviously the graphic of the four teams that have made. Now what happens if Detroit makes it? Now you're down to three. Can I? I don't know why. It can I say something that's going to make I, you mad? No, don't make me mad. Go ahead. No. I already know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Why do you worry about that stuff? That's what you're going to say to me. No, I was going to say, let it go. Let it go. It's not a Billy Joel song, just so you know. Well, might be. Let's call him. Maybe Rod Stewart? I don't know. Is like, Rod Stewart? We, we, we can't control what happened here before the team moved. You can't control what happened here last year. What you can control is this. They went 11-6 and six this year and were decimated by injuries. And you have what you think is a franchise quarterback. You're going to get a lot of guys back healthy. And you're going to churn the bottom of your roster. If you look at the list of free agencies, uh, free agents, folks, it's not scary to me. I, I see who the Browns have, who they could lose in free agency, and it doesn't phase me very much. So in other words, the guys who matter are going to be back. And you'll fill the bottom of the roster with other guys. I mean, you do it every year. Every team does it every year. This team could be really good to go next year, Andy. And so I I would like you to let that go. Okay, I'll try. How far away are the Browns from even getting back to the – getting to – oh, it's been back. It's been so many years. But getting to the AFC Championship, how far away do you think they are? And will you watch the games this weekend thinking that? 216-474-0092, Baskin and Phelps, 92.3, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.